But yes, good morning. Uh, if you have a Bible with you, it would be great if you could turn to Psalm number 85. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, now might be a good opportunity to rush out of the room and get one. This is usually the time when I do that, so I thought I'd give everyone an opportunity um, and just stall some time while people do that. Um, whilst we're all running around, um, why don't I just introduce myself as Sanjay said, my name is Johnny, and I have been, I still am, an apprentice uh, here at this church, OCC, and uh, very sadly coming towards the end of my year. Um, and I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I have learned a, a huge amount, and no doubt will take everything that I've learned with me into the rest of my life. So I want to say thank you. And uh, I also want to hopefully leave you all with something that's also helpful this morning as we, as we dig into God's word. So hopefully we've all got Psalm 85 ready. Um, there may well be some words appearing on the screen if you've not got a Bible. So um, let's all read together. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation. And put away your indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Can I hear an amen for that? I'm trusting people have said amen at home. Um, so we don't know exactly when this psalm was written, but people uh, usually estimate it was probably composed around the time that Israel had just been released from exile and they were sort of finding their feet back in their homeland. For those of you that don't know the, the story, the history there, uh, essentially what had happened was Israel had been taken from the place, the land that God had given to them. If we remember, they you know, escaped from slavery in Egypt and they went on this long journey to the promised land uh, and they made it. And they were living there, they were worshipping God there, they had the temple, which was the place where God's presence chose to dwell. And um, it was kind of like the glory days, if you like. But after a series of events turning away from God and worshipping other idols, they were sent into exile. And it was the Babylonian Empire who came and took them into captivity for around 70 years. And they uh, destroyed the temple in the process. And it's difficult, by the way, for us in 21st century Britain to really comprehend just how awful this experience must have been. And we, we can imagine it, but the ancient Israelites, much more so than us, were 
their mentality was was rooted in such a profound sense of place, of location. Um, this was the land that God himself had given them to be in specifically. And the temple, uh, which was destroyed, was the place where God's presence was uh, had decided to, to dwell. And however, uh, we, we then later see that... Um, this this time was temporary. The uh, Assyrian Empire, at the end of the 70 years, uh, overtook the Babylonians, and then they allowed some of the uh, Israelites to go back to their homeland and start rebuilding the temple. And this was an amazing opportunity for God's people to sort of start to rebuild uh, what they had before. But we see that there's some mixed emotions going on. Uh, When they build the temple, we see in Ezra chapter 3, some great shouts of praise and everybody's really joyful. But at the same time, some of the elders who knew what the old temple was like were extremely disappointing. So much so that they actually wept out loud um, just from, from recognizing that it just didn't live up to its former glory. So their time of jubilation uh, was short-lived. And that's exactly what we see in this psalm. So just you know, reading from verse 1 again, we say, it says, Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. But then shortly after in verse 4, it goes to restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation for, towards us. And I don't know about you, but there seems to be a number of parallels between what they were experiencing and our situation today. Obviously, COVID-19 and lockdown isn't exactly like exile, but in in both cases, there's a temporary enforced time of isolation with many of the freedoms we usually experience taken away from us. Uh, I think we can draw a number of parallels. And also, I'd like to suggest there are a number of lessons that we can learn from the way Israel dealt with their lockdown experience um, and uh, for us as we um, also emerge out of this time um, of quarantine. So Israel had been living in a time of immense pain and national grief in the same way many of us will have been battling with different things from bereavement to job loss, economic uncertainty, even loneliness. But at the same time, we see that in both, there was the opportunity for good to come out. Uh, in fact, this very psalm that we've just been reading, God's word, w- was written out of this situ- situation. And uh, a whole chunk of the Bible that we have came out of that time of exile. And actually, there's a real richness that God used it for. In the same way, many of us will have been seeing God move in amazing ways. We, we, you know, we've seen God speaking to people. Uh, and uh, we've got a whole wealth of three-minute videos uh, giving testimony for God at work in lockdown. And many of us will have been um, maybe spending, being able to spend more time in prayer and worship. Um, or even enjoying a slower pace of life. I've actually been learning myself. Um, I've been uh, attempting a little bit of beard growth. Uh, I think the uh, the camera probably can't pick it up uh, unless we can get a close shot in. Maybe no, actually no, stay away. Um, but uh, that's been a real learning experience for me. Uh, because oh, there we go. Yeah, I think it's covered by my Britney mic actually. Um, but uh, uh, my, my main experience uh, in in learning about this has been that it's uh, quite clearly a bad idea. Um, and uh, I, I, I will take that forward into, into my future, uh, along with everything else I've learned in my apprenticeship. 
Uh, there, have, there have been some really spiritual learnings, by the way. Um, uh, but joking aside, we, we, you know, th- th- there's a there's a there's some joy, there's some learnings, there's some difficulty, there's some pain. The question is for us this morning: is how can we take this mixture of emotions, uh, learn from uh, Israel as they dealt with um, uh, the, a similar situation, and how can we move forward in light of the hope? that we have for the future. And that's really what I want to get onto this morning, which we see towards the end of the psalm, this sense of hope. Um, So just as there was hope for them, uh, as they emerged out of exile, so too there is hope for us as we emerge out of lockdown. Amen. So in my Bible, uh, this psalm is entitled, Revive Us Again. So if you're making notes, um, that could be a good title for this talk too. So let's dig into the psalm. The first thing I'd like to um, look at, uh, which is in the first three verses, is this um, feel of celebration. I think it's fairly straightforward. Um, we see they, they are praising God that he was favorable uh, to uh, his land and restored the fortunes of Jacob. He's, he's put them back into the land. They've, they're starting to get some of that freedom back. Um, and in the same way, many of us are starting to be able to go outside more, uh, see family and friends, and maybe some of us are starting to enjoy going to the pub or, drink, uh, or get, going to a restaurant, that sort of thing. Um, and actually, that's real cause for celebration. Um, and, and we should thank God for that. Um, in the Matani household, we've, we've been doing, uh, taking this, uh, some of our evenings to give time to worship uh, to God, whether that's with instruments or just putting worship music on. And that's the first thing to say, that our first response should be celebration. Um, of all that God has done. But at the same time, we recognize that not everything is rosy. Verses 4 to 7 sort of detail what we might refer to in biblical terms as lament. And this is not just complaining um, or whining um, or or sort of wallowing in our sorrows, but actually this is a firmly good, uh, godly and biblical practice to do. In fact, Jesus did it in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, is is there another way? Can Can you take this cup away from me? God has made us emotional beings and it's right that we express our emotions. And importantly, God can handle it and he knows it already and he wants us to be honest with him. Um, in fact, we, we did this uh, in my community group, the one I'm part of, Crackpots. Uh, we, we spent some time in lament on Wednesday night, I think it was, and we, we shared the struggles that we were going through, and we took them to God in prayer. And it was an amazing thing to do. Um, so the same is true for us here. There, there are, we recognize that there are good things that have happened, but the virus is still here, and many of us still have uh, restrictions on our lives, and you know we, we can't quite yet uh, meet together and sing uh, all together in church. And there, there are things where it's appropriate to contrast um, the reality of our situation with who we know God to be. And actually, it's a declaration of trust and faith that God is good. It's important to add, though, that God doesn't want us to just stay in lament. 
um, we see throughout a whole number of psalms, uh, psalms uh, they, they, rarely, they rarely stay there, but actually it turns into something more hopeful, it turns into praise. Uh, God is a God who doesn't want to just leave us in our pain, but actually it's because God is a loving God who doesn't want to leave us that we can cry out to him in our pain, and that's because he's the God that responds. And this is where hope comes in. If you still have your Bibles, which I hope you do, um, let's read together verses 8 to 13 one more time. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. So we've got our tools to deal with the mixture of emotion, uh, the praise, the celebration, the lament. But we've also got this sense of hope for the future. The first thing uh, that jumps out to me is in verse 8 where uh, the psalmist writes, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. This reminds me of Dave Richards' talk uh, a couple of weeks ago now where he was encouraging us to be flexible to where God is sending us, the new places God is taking us at this time. And important to that is it's not us just rushing off and doing our own thing and creating our own hope, but actually it's responding to God and what he's saying. So that's the first thing, is to listen to God. Secondly, on, on our part, is to be faithful. The, um, it was rebelling against God that led to the Israel, uh, Israelites going into exile and turning to other idols. There's an encouragement here to not turn back to folly. Um, but actually, just as in, and this is in verse 11, just as righteousness looks down from the sky, faithfulness is the thing that springs up from the ground. Uh, and the imagery there seems to be God is, uh, is sending down his righteousness, um, but we are, are sending up faithfulness. And it's important that um, in, in amongst the, the trials and the distractions and the new opportunities and all that sort of thing, that we remain faithful to God. We continue to worship him just as we have done before the virus, just as we have been doing during the virus. It's important that we don't lose sight of, of God and where he is. And as we do those things, the, the, the promise uh, is that in, this is in verse, uh, I've lost it, um, the, the bit where, where it says that his glory will dwell in our land. Um, has anyone got that verse? Nine. That's right. Uh, this reminds me of... Dan Kane's talk last week. Uh, he's, uh, he's over there. I can see him uh, with his face mask on, dutifully doing the tech. Um, actually, uh, God, despite, you know, God is the God who is mighty and all-powerful and huge and, um, and majestic, but he's also the God, the God that wants an intimate relationship with us. And just as, as Dan was teaching us, he invites us to take shelter in the shadow of his wings. So to he wants to dwell, he wants to come forward and dwell in our land and dwell with us. And that's one promise that we have. But it's not just that God will come and everything will just be 
settled and just sort of still, uh, we actually see in verse 12 that there's the hope that our land, uh, that, that God will give what it was good and our land will yield its increase. There's a um, suggestion there of more, um, of moving forward, of an advancing going on. And this is the hope that we have. The author of this probably would have been um, in line with many of the Old Testament prophets looking forward to the new Jerusalem, this period of time when God would send his Messiah and his kingdom would reign. And that's what they were hoping for. But as Christians, we know that this has already happened. Uh, This has already been fulfilled in Jesus. Uh, And actually what Jesus started was this sort of manifesting of this new kingdom. We know it's uh, it's kind of, it's come, but it's also still coming. Um, How much more hope, therefore, have we got as Christians um, when we can see that picture more clearly of the new Jerusalem, of God's kingdom coming? There will be those of us who are in that place of praise. Life is looking great. Life is on the up. There will be others who, like the elders um, in uh, the book of Ezra, are mourning the fact that we don't see things as we would like to see them yet. But we can all use the Psalms. um, And not just this Psalm. I'd encourage uh, us all to uh, explore the, um, the entire the Psalter, I believe, is the, uh, the term for all the collective psalms. Um, my theology degree didn't teach me nothing. Um, but uh, we, we can all use them as tools to help us pray, to help us um, take our, our joys and our sorrows um, to God. Um, but no matter where we are in our sort of mixture of emotions, we all share the same hope that God will put things right when Jesus comes again, and also that God has goodness in store for us as we listen and respond to him in this life here and now, that God will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. So let's continue to listen to God and be faithful to him, and let's also see this time as a real opportunity. The world is in so much pain um, and is dealing with so many different things, But as Christians, we are unique in the hope that we have. We see beyond our current situation and we see forward into all the goodness that God has in store for us. So as we as a church are discerning what the next steps are and um, thinking about how we can be flexible and open to what God has for our future, continuing with some of the stuff we've already been been looking at, one such example uh, is uh, from coming from Edge Housing. Uh, many of you will know the uh, it's, it's a church's um, a project helping people off the streets and into independence and employment. And it's uh, partly what I've been doing this last year, a placement there as part of my apprenticeship. And something we're looking into is uh, a new project, Edge Juice. We're hoping to, uh, well, we will be making apple juice with some of our guys um, as a bit of extra sort of uh, work experience, mentoring into employment whilst also tackling uh, an environmental issue, uh, apples falling off people's trees every year and rotting, essentially going to waste. Um, And in that, we can can build community and we can save waste and we can give people opportunities. 
that's the sort of thing I, I, I think it's, it's good for us as Christians to be thinking about, um, about how we can be good news to the world today. Um, but also we, we have a, a, a message that goes alongside that, and that is the hope that we have in Jesus, the one who, when we turn to him, uh, completely wipes clean all our muck, all our wrongdoings, um, and gives us a fresh start both in this life and with, um, for eternity with God. So as the church uh, explores different things, why don't we all individually as well ask where God is leading us at this time? It might just be as simple as uh, meeting up with a friend you know has been living alone um, during lockdown. Um, it might be um, thinking about how we can share this hope that we have with those that um, maybe are feeling hopeless. Whatever it is, um, let's, let's just take a moment now to uh, think about what that might be. Uh, I'm going to leave a couple of moments silence while we just um, wait, wait on God um, in that. There's plenty of time to carry on thinking. I would really encourage you to think about one step you can take uh, to move forward uh, in that hope, to take your, the mixture of emotions you have uh, and in light of the hope that we have to, to, to move forward, to share that hope uh, and to be a part of um, building God's kingdom as we emerge from lockdown. So whatever that might look like, um, we know that even though things might not yet look like how we would like them to at this stage, God has been moving, God is moving, and there is hope as lockdown eases, relaxes. As the psalmist says, and I'll finish with this, yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. That's the hope we have. Amen.